You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show. I am your host, Natalie Cutler-Welsh, and you're listening to Reality Check Radio. Now, this week, we've got a focus on the topic of keeping kids safe. It is fair to say that I'm pretty obsessed with this topic. I'm so thrilled to have my friend, Ellie Bambury. She's a speaker and authentic expression guide. Um, and she is here to chat with us about keeping kids, kids safe. Welcome, Ellie. Hey, Nat. So good to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, I'm excited to hear what you've been up to. I know you were a speaker at my Thriving Teens event. It must have been a couple of years ago now. Mm, 2020, that was, I think. It's back in the at end of the first batch of COVID, I think. Yeah, so last week I, um, was it last week? Yeah, last week I ran an event called Rediscover the Beauty of You. Um, and it was for mums and daughters and aunties and grandmothers and whoever really felt called to to join us. Um, and it was like, it was kind of like a woman's circle story sharing. Um, and I had uh, three beautiful friends there. Um, and they basically shared their journeys from a really raw place um, of um, their experiences with eating disorders. Um, so the whole thing was focused on helping whoever came to the event. We had a mixture of teenagers and parents and older adults as well, just to help them really connect with um, how they see themselves, how they feel about themselves, um, find ways to kind of overcome negative stories that they have and actually kind of normalise some of the struggles we face as females. Um, which is, you know, a lot around body image and looking good and feeling like we have to fit in and all those things. So, yeah, it was really powerful. Um, and we had kind of a bit of a, I'd say it's like a ritual thing at the beginning um, where I got everyone to kind of come into their bodies and really feel how they were feeling in that moment around their body and how they showed up in the world. And they got them all to write down something that was really heavy, like some th- sort of thought that they had um, and just keep it to themselves for the whole event. Um, and as this, the evening went by, I encouraged them to let that story kind of loosen and just lessen its grip on them. And at the end, um, each of them came up into the center of the room um, and read it out loud, ripped it up, threw it in the bin and replaced it with like a, a positive affirmation and kind of had like a little rose quartz crystal to take home with them. And it was really beautiful, just a kind of community connection event. And yeah, so, so good. I love the sound of that. I saw mm. some photos and I think it's so important for people to, you know, I'm really into connecting in real life and rather than just kids watching stuff on TikTok and getting inspired or motivated that way, it's like coming together in real life. And I love how you got them to think about how they felt in their body, not just how they look. Mm. Yeah. And I find that's been a big learning journey for me too, because we're, we live in a man's world, really, you know, we're, we're very much in a, in a world where we have to think and do all the time and, Feminine, the feminine kind of natural way is to feel. And I think we get scared of that sometimes because feeling can often lead us into wanting to maybe just wrap up in a blanket or do something that's completely unrelated to what would be considered typically productive. So it was nice to just come into a space where no one had to do or be anything special. They could come as they are. We had one of the teenagers come in an UDI. You know, there was no sense of like, I have to dress up because I'm going to an event. I have to look good. They were just encouraged to be and feel, which I think is missing in this world quite a lot. Hey, for those of you that haven't met Ellie before, she's uh, you might recognize her name. She's formerly known under the Big Sister Project. She's a professional speaker, like I said, an authentic expression guide. She facilitates safe spaces for women and girls at any age or stage to transform how they show up in every area of life and ultimately rise into the conscious creators that they came here to be by guiding them. And after years of diving into her own self-development and spiritual awakening journey, 
speaking on multiple national, international platforms, hosting events, working with youth and families from all walks of life. Ellie is excited about the journeys that she's getting to walk with her clients, and she loves seeing how they remember just how magical they are. She guides them inwards so they can truly hear themselves and harness the energy of the thoughts that they have and the words that they speak. That's so awesome, Ellie. It's been amazing to watch your journey. I know when I met you, I would consider you, I don't know if you're 10 or 15 years younger than me, um, <laughs> but I just you're just at this beautiful stage of being such a great inspiration and mentor to women and girls. Like you and I are friends, but it's like you could be a great mentor for people like my daughter and her friends. And I think that's such a unique space to be in because the girls can relate to you, but you're not their mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is a really cool place to be. And I found it's, it's kind of a running joke for me that I have so many friends that are way older than me um, and lots of friends that are way younger. And I've never really been one of those people that just sticks to my own age group. I've always resonated with all, all ages and stages. And I think that's part of the beauty of what I do. It's like whoever really resonates with the message I'm trying to deliver, even stuff I've done for teenagers, parents have said, well, can you do it for us? So I'm thinking, you know, well, there's a need, there's a want, and it's all the same. They're just a younger version of of their parents, really, in, in some ways. So it's just reaching people where they're at. It is. Hey, in this um, in this chat, I'd love to cover, you know, it, mm -hmm. around two, possibly two areas of concern that you have around um, keeping kids safe and maybe some practical tips that you can share with our audience how can we empower our kids or teenagers um, to just be more, I guess the word safe is what comes to mind, but just more confident, um, more happier, whole? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah no, the, the, when you kind of shared that topic idea with me, lots and lots of things came up because safety, you know, if you say the word safety in general society, they often think of, you know, looking both ways when you cross the road and don't talk to strangers and all the, the classic behavioral things in society to make sure you don't die. but. I think there's a whole other level to it that is actually creating a sense of inner safety and a feeling of connectedness to your soul and your body um, because often, again, it comes back to that feeling of of connection and um, being able to communicate with people. If, you are, if you've grown up in a household where it was never safe to speak your opinion, you're going to grow up as a, a people pleaser, you know, most likely, and betraying yourself over and over again. If you grow up in a house where... And there's no, there's no blame here. It's we do the best we can with what we know, but once we know more, we can do better, right? But if you grow up in a house where you're given complete free reign and you can speak your piece, but there's no boundaries, you know, you could go out into the world and have the opposite effect where people might back off from you because they they can't handle it. There's just, there's no sense of limits or, you know, whatever that might be, there's all kinds of possibilities. So for me, the biggest thing I've noticed after working with teens and parents is most of the kids, including one I even worked with recently, like literally last week, is they feel like the, the, the young people that I've worked with have said their parents just don't listen and they feel like they don't have a space to just say what they need to say. And often I've even heard like girls as young as 13 now coming to me saying, I just want you to hear what I have to say. They don't even want any coaching. They don't want any advice. And they actually use the words, I just want you to hear me. And I'm like, okay, cool, go for it. And they just blurt out everything that's in their system. I don't say a word. I just hold that space. And they feel completely safe to do so because they know they've set the tone of what they need. They know I'm not going to go and judge them or tell them that they should do this differently. And they come to their own conclusions and they naturally know instinctively what needs to happen next because I've given them the space to realize it. And I think this kind of conditioning goes back to right to the age of two. 
you know, like two or three, when you tell a child to apologize for something that they didn't even know that was wrong because in their in their body, in their mind, that was the thing they needed to do in that moment. That was their way of expressing themselves. But to tell them to like to betray themselves and go and apologize to someone when they don't cognitively know what what the deal is, it's setting up a tone of like, oh, I can't trust myself. I don't know how to express myself. I'm going to get told off. Um, and that's kind of a blanket generalization for most of society. The most even I was brought up in some ways. I think there's so many good foundational elements to that. You know, hmm. inner, I wrote down inner safety and connectedness. And if we can start from that point, or maybe with some of the people that are you know, older, you know, teens and tweens, reestablish, you know, that, that point, hmm. then they can, then they might be able to avoid <clears throat> certain situations or altercations or something because they listen to their, they know how to listen to their body when it's telling them something's not safe. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, and I, again, I've learned a lot about that for myself in recent years, just through my own journey of of self-development and doing my own inner work, actually understanding to listen to your nervous system and, and work through the discomforts. Because when we suddenly see a new way of being and experience a new way of being, it can be really scary. Like for someone who has always been silenced to then be told, oh, you actually have all the power and you have all the knowledge inside you. And this is, this is a way you could possibly play with using it. That's terrifying often because their whole body like shakes. I've had experiences with with um, a 17-year-old that I worked with recently and she's got a lot going on with friends at school and feeling quite left out and and all the things that most 17-year-olds experience at some point. And I actually just changed the tune and I got her to stand up in her lounge and I looked the other way and I said, I'm going to role-play a conversation with you and banter with you a bit to get you to tune into the immediate responses that you would give. And she was the first, the first few minutes, she was just in, in hysterics. She couldn't connect with her body. She was nervous. She'd never said things like, actually, I don't agree with that. So I got her to say it. I'd say it and she'd repeat it. And she was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, my body's like, you know, and she had a physical response to some things that were so basic, but she'd not used them before. And she said at the end, I didn't realize that I wanted to express that so much. And it was so powerful. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is this is just like I, I fizz out on that sort of stuff, you know, like seeing girls and women finally realize that they can say what they need to say is just the most rewarding thing ever. I think that exercise, mm. I would love to see that taught in schools. You know, yeah, I would totally go into school. So if anyone knows anyone <laughs> that would love me to run that, I can totally do it. Yeah, I think that's amazing because you're right. Some people would not, you know, they've been told like, you know, don't question my authority or like, mm. I know best or whatever. And they would have shut down any natural responses, you know, like wanting to speak everything I believe in speaking your truth, questioning things. Mm. So I think that's such a valuable activity. I mean, hey, and maybe parents could try that with their kids. I don't know if the kids would be up for it, but it could kind of start off as like a fun bit of a game, but like getting them to actually physically say the words, it's like a little bit of training for their brain, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like it depends on your relationship. But if you wanted to play with that, it gives you both the opportunity. It's like role play. You could say, right, we've got five minutes, no strings attached, no one's getting told off, but you get to be me and I get to be you. Mm -hmm. It's just a way of, especially with younger kids, it's like you actually see what they really want to tell you. Like I remember, you know, and then you can do your own reflection and feedback, be like, I didn't realize I was doing that. Is that something that we can talk about? You know, because it, again, it comes to safety. If they know that they're not going to get reprimanded or put in detention, 
often there's there's room for them to tell you the truth and and there is nothing else to do there once it's expressed then like solutions arise naturally but like I remember I used to teach drama to um, eight to 11 year olds and I was doing a warm-up activity with them one day which was hugely revealing and slightly terrifying I was getting them to walk around the room and pretend to be different animals or objects or people like a monkey or a tree or a banana and then I said to them be your parents on a Saturday morning. And I was like, oh gosh, how, how's this going to go? And I kid you not, some of the boys were walking around throwing chairs and screaming and saying, shut up and all these. And they didn't have any inhibition because they'd warmed into the activity. And that wasn't my intention to give them this huge therapy session, but it turned into this incredibly powerful moment where they actually got to realize, oh, this is this is the environment I live in. You know, and I was blown away and obviously followed up with them and did what needed to be done to kind of support them in that. But it was like, wow, just made me wonder how many other kids are walking around thinking all the thoughts, all the feelings of like there is no safety. Mm. That I mean, that is it is terrifying, isn't it? Um, but that's a little window into the reality of what goes on in some homes. And, you know, we will be talking about that, I think, in some of my other interviews. Um mm some domestic violence, you know, statistics and things like mm. that. Um, but just coming back to your activity, that's such a cool thing to do. And I bet other parents out there are sitting like I am right now thinking, I wonder what my kids would do. I mean, I think one of them would get down on their hands and knees and be in the garden. That would be me <laughs> in my veggie garden. And um, I don't know what my husband would be doing, mowing the lawn or something. We're pretty boring. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I just want to touch on that as well, just before we close on that activity. Um, I do want to say that there is no judgment from me, like for screaming, shouting and stuff. Like I'm a firm believer and we do the best we can from where we are and what we know. And sometimes pain is so strong that we can't, you know, that needs to come through. And sometimes there are other people on the receiving end and it's not to, it's not to justify it, but I'm, I'm fully 100% aware that um, everyone's at different places and sometimes things happen and life happens. And it's all about the choice to then repair and the choice to move through that. And sometimes the thing is with creating safety is that we often will hear things when we start to heal, we're going to hear things from people that we might not want to hear. That, and that's often why we choose to avoid those conversations because we know we might have to face up to something. Um, but once you do and you, you you know, and this is what I help people with, and once you once you choose to move into the, the embodiment of the emotions and feeling them and releasing them and reconnecting, um, Magic can really happen. Stuff can transform before your eyes, and I cannot put words around it. It's just like your life changes before your eyes when you really choose to step into it. I think also on that, I just want to highlight, so you said about like throwing chairs and things. Well, mm. you know, also on the flip side, what it could look like is, you know, some parents might give their kids the silent treatment for like oh, yes. three days, right? And that doesn't look like throwing chairs. It looks like nothing, but it's not nothing, right? It actually can be worse sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've done a bit of quite a bit of work around that myself because it's sometimes easier, you know, and it's like we parents get taught sometimes with toddlers, I'll just ignore the tantrum and they'll get over it and eventually they'll cry themselves out and just leave them to it. But actually, no, like there's an internal story going on of, oh my gosh, have I done something wrong? How do I win their love back? Walking on eggshells, all the things, people pleasing, self-betrayal, everything, all of it's so linked and it's a bit of a minefield. Um but I think, yeah, like there's there's many ways to explore it and it doesn't have to feel as scary as it is. 
So you mentioned about the girls, some of the girls that you work with wanting to just, just wanting you to listen, just, you're just listening, which is amazing. What else do you see coming up as a kind of a pattern or a common, either frequently asked question or frequent concern that with the, and I think you mainly work, would it be right with teens and tweens, not so much younger, but in that age group? Okay. What are the main concerns of these young people? Friendship group stuff, mostly. Um, but not in the sense of like not fitting in. It's more a case of um, there's a theme between the ones I'm currently working with between the age of 12 and 17 that there's usually a leader of the group who is very influential and manipulative. Well, this is the terminology that you would typically use to help describe the behaviour, not the person. I always make sure I, I make that clear. Um, yeah, usually a friendship dynamic. And them feeling left out, feeling like they just have to put up with what everyone else says and does, taking things personally, taking things to heart. Um, yeah, but being left out and being kind of sideswiped a bit is probably a common theme, I'd say. It's quite it's quite hard to see sometimes with um, with what actually girls, girls can be terrible <laughs> the way they speak and to each the other. The whole thing about feeling sideswiped, it comes back to not feeling secure, not feeling safe in the tribe, you know, that they might get ostracized and kicked out of the community as such hmm. um and and it can be that can be really scary if they don't feel secure in their where they spend actually majority of their time and the hours if you do the math hmm. and we're, we're like we're what's the word we're like tribal not tribal but we are naturally wired for connection right and sometimes if we don't have people that are safe or like comfortable or who would con we would consciously choose we end up with a group by default often and if that means we get to stay with them, we will kind of do what we have to do to survive in that environment, even if it's to our detriment. And I I talked about that at Thriving Teens and Tweens, I think, around friendships and how we get put in a school system where you, you kind of have to make friends with someone and you've got like 15 years or whatever it is or 13 years worth of being placed in classrooms and you have to kind of choose and then become part of a hierarchy and yeah, it's it's it's. But then, if you if you, you go into the real world, and often we, I, I say to parents, like, don't freak out if your teenager doesn't know how to make friends as an adult, because we don't really get taught how to make friends in school. That's like the number one thing. It's like just say sorry, just be nice, just include blah blah blah. But we don't actually get taught how to accept and to see and to hear and to just be and allow, rather than I'm better than you and I've got this thing and I've got that thing and who's who's got the top marks for this? We, we're set up into a culture of competition and who's getting recognised and and all those things. I mean, there are don't get me wrong, there's positive aspects to the education system and the way it operates with kids. There's loads of amazing work being done. But in terms of building friendships and authentic connection, I'm yet to, yet to see somewhere that's just got a, a really strong focus on that from age five to age 18. Yeah, exactly. And I know that when, um, when you were, you know, uh, my daughter and I were working with you a little bit many years ago, when she was changing schools, you know, not happy at, at school in, in year nine and 10, which are quite pivotal years. Um, and I remember you gave some really great guidance to her around friendships. It was like something like this. Don't expect your friend to be all the things like you might have one particular friend that you go to for really good, deep and meaningful conversations. You might have another friend that's like super fun. And you always have a good time, but they're just never going to go to that depth of conversation. And that's okay. Can you mm. can you talk to that a little bit? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one thing I still stick to to this day. And I, it's my own advice. I take my own advice on that because I get caught up in it sometimes. I'm like, I love this person. I want them to be everything, but they can't. It's physically impossible. <laughs> um, and I actually get a reaction in my body when I start to sense that someone wants me to be all the things. I'm like, don't put that on me, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. I think the moment, and again, not to be mechanical, but the moment we start to kind of categorize people in our life a little bit and just be a little bit more bigger picture but like little mini boxes of of what we can go to, we can kind of start to like uh, then free up space in our head for what we actually need and what we want to create and what we desire. Because then instead of having a, a friendship group, which is how the girls often speak, you know, my friendship group, my friendship group, I'm like, yeah, but who are the people in the group, you know? Like what's it made up of? Um, if you start to put them in their own little box, not to their face, you don't say you're my this person, I'll go to you for this. It's all in your own head. You can start to say, well, actually, I really feel like I need a really deep chat. I'm going to go to this person. I feel like I, I need someone to hold the fort for me and make an excuse for me while I go and spend some time by myself. I can go to this person. You know, like it's it's a, it's kind of strategic, a strategic way of of taking the pressure off of friendships and maximizing each relationship. I think so, too. And I feel like that's isn't that what we do as adults? I mean. I think that just sounds familiar to me. It's like if I wanted to like just, you know, have such a fun time and go for a nice walk on the beach, like I would ring her, her or her. Okay. If I wanted to really just talk about all the conspiracy theories or whatever, I'd ring her, you know? So yeah. it's like different people for different things. And I love that we're not expecting one person to be all the things. Cause that's a lot of pressure for someone. Absolutely. And then when they go or they leave, then you're, then, then what? Yeah. And that's like, it's got another name. It's sneaky. It's codependency, right? We start to need them to be things and need them to be there. And yeah, when they leave, because they will, and it doesn't mean they're leaving you, they're often, and it might not be they're physically leaving. It just means something will come into their life that will match what they're wanting next. But if we put all of our effort and time into someone, and I've done this many times in my life, which is why I'm so passionate about it now, yeah. is like needing a best friend, like needing them to be all the things is can be so consuming and we don't this kind of just leads me into another space as well it's like with the friendship thing and codependency you know that the, the world and tv and everything really glorifies and romanticizes romantic relationships and breakups but it doesn't really talk about friendship breakups it doesn't talk about how actually that can be even more traumatic yeah. than divorces because your friends are the people you go to when you have romantic breakups right so if they're broken up it's like, oh, my gosh, I have to put everything into if you've got one, a partner, to support me through the other stuff. And it, then it creates imbalance everywhere else. So, yeah, I think that's that's something that I'm really passionate about talking to girls about as well and helping them work through is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Such good advice. So to our beautiful audience listening, if this is resonating for you, and if you specifically have been through a friendship breakup maybe, um, you know, you can text in to any anything that's resonating for you, a bit of an aha moment or any guidance that you've got, uh, because there's so much wisdom out there. As we are empowering our kids and keeping kids safe, you can text in to Reality Check Radio on 2057, or you can email inbox at realitycheck.radio. So Ellie, I've got another question for you. Mm -hmm. I know that you help people express themselves in a way that is aligned, and I love that word, I use it myself, aligned, empowered, and influential. What do you mean by, what do you mean by that? Such a good question. And this is something that's only really kind of turned into a sentence for me um, very recently, because I'm still playing with, um, with, with that myself. Um, but basically, 
self-expression has it's a buzzword you know the word expression expressive like we hear it all the time all over the place and for different people it will mean different things for some it would mean just simply talking others think it means being on a stage and being in a in a show others might just think it's just saying your piece in a meeting like there's there's lots of different things it could be but really what it boils down to is like communication whether it's your body whether it's your eyes whether it's your words whether it's written spoken anything it's just an, a form of communication my background is in like I've got a huge background in writing directing performing arts videography film tv all that sort of stuff and I have been ever since I could basically walk I was directing little plays and stuff I love helping people understand and like creating characters and understanding how they operate and how they how that kind of comes through how their how their life experience influences the way they show up and again that comes down to safety so in terms of your question around what does um helping people with authentic expression mean there's a whole journey that kind of leads up to it but basically it, it's exploring your life journey exploring where you've come from what you've come through the lessons you've learned and not running away from them, even the painful ones that you think don't matter or you don't want to go there. Actually, the things we run away from are the things that will sabotage our efforts in other ways most of the time. So this is a very long-winded answer, but I'll get there. Um, it's basically helping people understand where they've come from, how they currently show up, how their story is affecting that on a on a subconscious level, their beliefs and their, um, their expectations of other people, um, and choosing a new story for themselves. Because someone might, like I said at the beginning, someone might have gone through life, been shut down a lot, had a lot of people say that their opinion doesn't matter or shut up and go to your room or whatever it is. So when it comes to um, a work environment, guess what they're most likely going to do? They'll either go the opposite extreme and try and dominate or back right off and know that that's exactly what's going to happen in the workplace. But actually, if you come back to, which is another thing I kind of explore with people, is come back to the truth of who you are, which is a soul having a human experience and is actually here to just be with people and connect and heal each other and help each other thrive. And that's a very nutshell version. If you come back to that and come back to that playful, expansive, childlike curiosity, you'll find that often the way you want to communicate, whether it's at work or at home or with friends, it's often quite different to what you've been conditioned to do. It's often quite different to what other people expect of you. I've shown, I've personally shown up in environments before where people have always known me as the the one that does all the talking or will lead the way kind of thing. And they're not, not in a bad way. They've just known, oh, Ellie's the one, Ellie will do it, blah, blah, blah. And there's been times where I've turned up and I'm like, actually, I, this isn't resonating with me in that in that way anymore. And I've just shown up and been part of it and actually had people look at me waiting for me to talk waiting for me to do the doing you know and I'm like actually no that's not that's not what how I want to express myself here that's not what I'm feeling called to do and it's just tapping into your natural instincts again coming back to your inner safety what do I want to do here who am I doing it for what's my purpose I, I hope that, that answered it that was a very long answer but no it's great answered it. just just today I had my wake up your woo event and when I did my section at the end I was talking about upping your brave and being the true version of yourself. And um, and I asked the people, I said, on a scale of one to five, how much are you showing the, your true, the true you to the world right now? One being not really, five being totally. And it was really, really fascinating. And then I got them to visualize, if you were to, to up your brave and, and to be the true you, like, how would you show up? How would you feel? Who would you talk to? Where would you be? All that. And 
I mean, these are questions, you know, it's good to ask as an adult because or else we just get stuck into the roles and the masks and the expectations that we've always had. It's like, how do you want to show up? And I think, you know, same thing for, for kids. It's like, they, just because they've always been the good girl doesn't mean that's who they are. Um, mm. It's a role that they've come to play because it, it, it's a survival strategy. So maybe, and all same thing. Oh, you're the rebel. You're the naughty kid, you know? So then they mm. will be. And that comes yeah. back to labeling. So it's like, I think sometimes it's giving people like a refresh. So how do you want to show up? Um, yeah, they're big questions, but it's kind of, it's it's good to pose these to your to our kids, our students. Sometimes I think I'm a big fan of having adult conversations with kids and not just talking down to them. I'm also a big fan of acting like a kid sometimes as mm-hmm. an adult to show them that we, you know we're not just old and boring. Like we can we can be kids again sometimes. Mm, I totally agree. I think play is a huge part of it as well, and that's been the one thing that I've noticed has been hugely healing in the work I've done in mostly in the retreat that I ran and the workshops, not so much one-to-one because that can sometimes be a bit more talk or energy or journaling and stuff. But in the bigger events and stuff, the play aspect and the silliness aspect often generates ridiculous amounts of creativity from people and so much inspiration just flows. And I'm, again, this might be a topic for another day, but it's about energy alignment. If If you're feeling crappy and you're feeling like my body's just tired, but then you force yourself to go and sit at the laptop and do all the things the energy behind it, people will feel that. Even if the words are all there, energetically, the world is going to respond to what you're giving out. So and that's been a big learning curve for me too because I used to be so masculine in my approach to life. It'd be like, I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. And I'm living in there. And kids get taught that in school still, you know. They get the, the amount of m- mental strain on kids for exams mm-hmm. and grades. I can't, that's, again, another topic. It's just... Well, how, well I'm going to go there. How can we support our teens that have these assignments and these expectations? I mean, you just made me think of it. It's like, no, got to get the work done. Well, hey, let's just play a fun game, you know, for five minutes, shift their energy, mm. uh, maybe, and then it'll shift their results. I don't know. What are your tips for parents out there who want, we want to support our teens? Um, <laughs> I've got one that takes things super seriously and one that's like really relaxed about the situation with exams. But how can we empower and support our teens with school stuff, like academic school stuff? You want my absolute truth? Yes. Okay. I believe, and and again, this is because I believe exams are outdated and don't belong in society anymore in that sense. Apart from science and things where you're in law, where you might be in a position of like extreme keeping people alive, that's different. But in terms of general tests and stuff and stuff, I think there is there is a place like they're just redundant in many ways. All they do is cause anxiety because I don't know about you, but I cannot remember a single thing I learned. Like I can remember the skills of writing an essay and what I learned from the argument development and all those things, but the book itself that I read and all the SWAT notes and the quotes from poems, no idea, right? So I think if you can take the focus, like you, you've already kind of said it, play, like give them space to play and judge their energy. If you see they're stressed and I can't understand this and can you help me? I can't do it. And they're in the frustration zone. No matter what you do, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. Or if it does go in, it will stay there for the second that they need it. And it's going to go again. The best thing you can do is come to a place of ease. And if that means literally taking their laptop off them and saying, I'm not, not let's, let's come back to this later. Or you know what? I'm going to go for a walk with you or let's go to the shop or you can watch Netflix for half an hour. Just take their brain off it and then give them a new focus. Because I think, I think for many parents, there is a legitimate fear because we do have to live in this world. We do have to do the exams. It's unfortunate, but that's the case. So 
you know, you still want them to do well, but I think if you put all your focus on you need these grades because that's how good you look, not in those words, but you know what I mean? If you have the energy of you need to succeed and you need to be as good as your peers and you're going to be a failure if you don't, if you have that energy behind it, your kid is going to be putting their self-worth on their exams. They're going to be putting all of their value on how well they do and instead come at it from an approach of I know that you're really clever. I know that you got this. I know that you know that I don't think that, that your grades are a reflection of who you are. You know, like positive affirmation towards them as a person will lift them up into a higher vibration anyway. And then even, and again, change up the study space. Some kids really thrive on having a desk and doing the things with with all the notes, right? But others might actually not know that they could use, I used to use liquid chalk and write on my windows. Nice. You could go and get them a beanbag and sit outside and give them, some some really nice snacks and put some background music that on. That would be me sitting outside in the sun, definitely. Yeah, like, but I think just change it up because the least, like the, the, the exam grade already has enough stress on it from the teachers. They don't need any more added to it. So I mean, even something as simple yeah. as let's, okay, let's do 10 jumping jacks and that will shift the energy. They're getting physically up. They're doing 10 jumping jacks, mm. circulation, motivation, endorphins or whatever. Um, mm. So that you've given you've given us some good some good ideas there. Thank you, Ellie. Hey, I'm going to take it to a few questions that I ask all my guests. Number one is the up your grade question. Now, mm-hmm. this is um, what is one thing that you have done, achieved, or experienced in the last year where you've truly upped your brave? This was a hard one, and I was reflecting on it because there's been so many things in the past year that I've done that I thought were like absolutely terrifying. But I think on a I, th- I think I'm going to go with the personal one because I've spoken a lot about work today, I think the personal one was navigating and supporting my family and myself through um, the the loss of my uncle last year. So it was about this time last year that I lost an uncle to suicide. And that was one of the darkest times of all of our collective life. Like it was hard, hard, hard Um, and took me to new emotional spaces where I've not met, like, I've never been there before. Um, But I came through that and I'm still coming through it. I have moments. But the reason I'm sharing that as an Up Your Brave experience was because it, it it was something that I almost ran away from. You know, I had the choice, do I go to the funeral, don't I? Because it's across the world. Then when I get back, do I continue with a project that I was on the cusp of starting or not? Do I suddenly throw myself into suicide prevention or do I continue with this path like there were so many choices that came off the back of it but I felt really proud of myself for not rushing and not not just trying to escape what had happened through doing you know I sat with my decisions I sat with everything I sat with my feelings I did did the processing um and came through it in in, again the most authentic way for myself well that's you know, because you're so used to being the guide, you know, the one mm. that helps others go through traumas and dramas and process their emotions or be the one that listens. And mm. so the tables were turned. Did you have, I would hope you have, did you have other people supporting you through that as well? Yeah. And that's the thing I was kind of, I wouldn't say forced, but I was forced to reach out because, you know, even though my family are, are tight knit and very good at supporting each other, um, I knew that I was going to need people to lean on myself. Um, cause we can do a lot. We are powerful. We do have what we need inside us to get through things if we choose to kind of allow it to be there. Um, but that doesn't mean we should be doing everything alone. And I think distinguishing that 
is one of the most powerful realizations I've had because, again, I used to be, I can do this, I can get myself through, don't need anybody. Um, but actually, yeah, letting people in is an up your brave for me. It is. Yeah, that's mm. right. It's so easy to be the Lone Ranger. <laughs> Last week, you guys, if you missed it, we did the power of communication. And I talked a little bit about how communication isn't just, you know, sharing, asking questions and sharing things. Sometimes it's asking for help. And so, mm. yeah, that is upping your brave is asking for help. Thank you, Ellie. Um, the next one is the bucket list question. What is mm -hmm. one thing on your bucket list that the Reality Check Radio community can possibly help you with? You know, I think I, I had a few and I think you've kind of brought one to my attention that I didn't have, which is going into schools and teaching kids about this speaking thing of actually verbalizing what they want to say. Because I imagine it would be really powerful to have a whole hall full of teenagers who have never really spoken their truth or don't really know how to do that um, and workshopping it. It's almost like a drama workshop. So if anyone has any um, people in schools that would love to have someone come in and actually really get to the crux of why bullying is happening and say as it is and help people help the young ones actually understand that most of the time you know it's not actually as complicated as, as it sounds to to kind of move through being the bully or being bullied like it, it does come back down to trusting yourself and creating that inner safety yeah let me know doing like a dress rehearsal of saying the words that you want to say like they mm. teach them that when they're younger, you know, my body, my choice, and they teach them to say things like that. But as they get a bit older and they mm. have more dialogue, it's like they need to learn and, and practice saying. So I, I think that's so important. And I mean, this show is airing on, you know, Pink Shirt Day. And we want to come back to what Pink Shirt Day is actually about, which is um, making sure everyone is safe, not just certain mm. people. So I think these skills are really important. And I love that it's throwback for you, meaning sometimes what I've found is people are coming full circle, you coming back to the drama, you know, back to the where it not, you know, mm -hmm. the dramatic arts, I mean, back to the performing arts and the drama skills and all those experiences you've had, bringing those back, bringing them into schools and fusing it together with the empowering teenagers and young people. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And I love just on a side note, not that anyone can see me, but I'm wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was going to be aired on pink shirt day. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so next question with your work, you, you know, your business, your speaking, what is coming up for you and how can people reach out and connect with you online? So on the 1st of June, so in a couple of weeks time, um, I'm going to be running or co-running um, an event for business women or anyone in business or any female in business. And that doesn't necessarily mean the owner of a business. They could be part of a team or the creative, like the content creator, whatever. Just a woman who's in a business environment um, with a friend of mine, Jennifer Myers. Um, she's a, a leadership, a business leadership coach and a speaker as well and trains people in business. So we're kind of coming together and I'm bringing my artsy side and my kind of spiritual side with with all my stuff and she's going to be bringing her stuff and we're kind of joining forces to create a workshop where I will be doing similar things to what we've talked about today in terms of voicing and quirkiness and owning your your stuff and actually physically showing up in that environment so that women in business can show up even in the most masculine of environments and feeling safe in their bodies to communicate in that way so that's on the 1st of June from 11 a.m to 1 p.m in Graylin um, but I can always give there is a, a link I can share with you if you need for that and um, in August, August the 13th, which is a Sunday from 12 to 5.30 p.m., myself and three other speakers are going to be running the third of my parenting series events called Evolve. Um, and it's, yeah, we've done it twice already. 
as an evening event, but parents have said we want more and we always want more as well because we could just talk for hours and we've got so many things we want to add to that. So we're going to be doing like a half day retreat um, for parents instead and it will be at the Life Centre in Ponsonby. Um, So those are coming up as immediate things off the top of my head. Um, But I also do one-to-one coaching with women and girls of any age and stage for whoever resonates with what I do. And yeah, in terms of finding me, my website is under construction because as I said at the beginning, it was the Big Sister Project. So it's now becoming my name, elliebanbury.com. But I'll keep everyone informed as to when that is open. Um, But otherwise you can email me. Um, Do you need my email address or can you put that in the... I'll just say it out loud. I'll say it out loud. Okay. Ellie Bambury. So that's E L L I E B A M B U R Y dot S D A E dot uh, at gmail.com. The S D A E, some people ask me what does that mean? And I, Ellie Bambury at gmail.com was gone. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just add a, a little bit extra to that. And the S is self. And then D is development. A is acceptance. E is expression. So that's kind of a summary um, of the work I do. Awesome. Okay. So we've got two events in Auckland. Mm -hmm. What do we have for people that don't live in Auckland? So meaning I know you do, you probably coach people online and you possibly have any courses. So are there things for people who don't live in Auckland? Yep. So for those who don't live in Auckland, I can do one-to-one coaching online. Um, And yeah, that's totally fine. Zoom, Zoom is all good for me. And I'm open if there is interest to doing like a live stream of those events if if there is interest to attend those and they I thought you were saying open to traveling the country and doing a tour well I could do that too if there is interest as well yeah if there's interest and availability for people um, and venues yeah sure I'm open to that too Um, yeah that's so good um okay and my final question you know before we wrap things up Ellie um we've covered quite a few things today around keeping kids safe specifically around the teens and tweens young people is there anything else you want to add before we say farewell nothing's jumping at me but I think I just encourage everybody to ask yourself like how can I how can I be more easeful in the way I communicate with my kids like how can I how can I choose to be easy about everything we talk about and even even the big stuff, especially the big stuff, it could be related to grades, it could be related to friends. If you are remotely stressed or anxious yourself about something you need to talk about, avoid it. Don't go there because they're going to feel that and that's going to be the undercurrent. You set the tone as a parent for how the conversation is going to go and what they feel safe to express. So if you want to dis- discuss something, take yourself away and actually take some deep breaths and say, "Am I? how am I feeling? How's my body? Take it out and get to a place where you can hold that space and listen. Amazing. Yeah. The listening is something that's really resonating. And I know we talked a lot about girls, but I'm sure for guys like boys. Mm, Yeah. Huge. Same thing. It's like, don't, Mm. we don't just have to dive in with all the solutions. It's like, just listen to them. Mm. They have their solutions in their heart already. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I find works well for my family is sometimes going and saying good night, but the lights are off. So it's not intimidating. It's not like, you know, I'm just like, hey, what's going on for you, dude? And it, but we're in the dark, so it's not, it doesn't feel confrontational. So that's quite good. And something that's I do cool. with my little guy, with my little guy who's 12, is we do what went well every night and, well, most nights. And I'll go in and I'll say, hey, dude, you know, three things. What went well today? And then he loves it when I share my, mom, what went well for you? Three things. And I share what went well for me that day. Um, and I like to keep that going. As they get older, they maybe not so into it, but now and then I'll, I'll bring it out and they, they can, they can humor me. That's so lovely. That's so connecting. I love it. 
Thank you so much, Ellie, for your um, wisdom today, keeping kids safe. It's a big job. Um, you're doing an amazing job. And you guys definitely get in touch with Ellie if you want a speaker for your event or you've got us. Um, she can go into these schools and do these workshops. I feel like um, if we can empower our teens and our youth, then we're just raising amazing future adults. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Ellie. See ya. Bye. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR. Reality Check Radio.